Hello, and welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast. This is episode 26, Emotional Election Fatigue. Thank you for joining me today and listening to my podcast. This podcast is about mental health, self-esteem, self-improvement, empowering yourself, and just motivating things that go on in your everyday life. I am a recreational therapist, a graduate of the University of Florida. I am a motivational speaker. My professional experience is working with adolescents in pediatrics, geriatrics, cancer wellness, women's issues, chemical dependency in inpatient and outpatient settings. You can find my podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast at Wide Open Spaces with Elise. You can also find me on Podbean at wideopenspaces.podbean.com. You can also find my podcast on my website, which has little areas that you can just click and it takes you right to my podcast at www.wideopenspaceswithelise.com. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. Look for me on Facebook and Instagram also. I try to post daily on Instagram and I have my own Facebook page at Wide Open Spaces with Elise, where I will post links to my podcast and my blog. Thank you so much for joining me today. Episode 26, Emotional Election Fatigue. This is a historic week that I feel as a podcaster, blogger, and motivational speaker, and a therapist, I really can't ignore this week. So please bear with me. This may diverge from my usual topics, but it definitely connects into mental health and communication. It's the elephant in this country right now that needs to be discussed. We are one week away from our national elections. Hopefully in one week we will know who the next president of the United States will be for the next four years. Now this is not a political podcast, so don't turn me off and say I don't wanna listen to this. This is about how the election affects us emotionally, internally, and through our communication skills. So give me a chance and listen. There will be no political opinions here on this podcast today. I won't discuss whether you're on the right, the middle, or the left. That is your business. And we all have our own personal reasons on who we vote for. My personal opinion on this issue does not matter in your life. What I do want to talk about is election fatigue and the breakdown of communication amongst our fellow Americans. The emotional toll that it has taken on some of us and how, how do we usually um, utilize our coping skills to deal with this type of fatigue? Because it only comes around so many years, every four years, every eight years. How do we deal with this? Because it becomes very intense. I would like you to think about your communication style for a moment when you talk about politics with others. Are you, are you bi- bipartisan or are you neutral? and you can talk about any party and have a productive conversation? Or are you more heated? Do you find yourself getting angry when listening to politics, but you remain silent? 
Are you the kind of person who just doesn't care and just wishes everyone would just shut up about politics? Or are you that person who becomes like a volcano? You start out calm, but then you blow. Are you the kind of person who is argumentative from the beginning and you find you and your opponent yelling at each other by the end? Are you the kind of person who just doesn't want to hear about the other side? and begins to sling insults at the person you are talking to? Where do you lie? Don't say nowhere because you are somewhere on this spectrum. So be honest with yourself. Think about it. Where do you lie when politics come up or the election comes up? Where do you lie? How do you communicate? I cognitively have been observing and taking notes and identifying trends. I've been doing this since 2016, the last election. I will be honest, I am a very, very political person. I'm one of those people who put political signs in my yard if my um, homeowners will let me. I actually got a letter telling me to take down my sign for mayor. Um, I wear political shirts, stuff like that. I was really raised this way. It's not by my mother, who I never heard talk about politics, but by my dad, who has always been passionate about politics. So basically, it's in my DNA. It's just part of me. It's the way I was raised. It's what I heard growing up. My dad is a big talker, so I would listen. And I would listen to his views and when he was talking to people. And back then, it seemed like you could talk about politics in a much more conducive atmosphere. So all this for me, the political side of me, goes back to the first time I could vote. I was in college and I would canvas and stand on the sidewalks holding up that sign with that stick with my candidate, supporting my candidate. I've never not voted in a major election or a mayoral election or a Senate seat election. What about you? Okay, my soapbox moment for a second and bear with me. Everyone should vote. Everyone should vote. It's your power. We are given this power. That's what makes America, America free and fair elections. You have a say. So take your power and vote. This is why we live in this country, because we are free to make our voices heard. So don't sit back in this election and let other people vote and then complain about who wins or doesn't win, because you need to take the power into your own hands and vote. Okay, off the soapbox, moving on. My observations, something's changed in America since the 2016 election. Remember, this doesn't matter who you voted for. It's the observations that I have witnessed and personally experienced. Do you remember the old adage, never talk politics? Well, that went out the window in 2016. And you all know what I'm talking about. The majority of people were talking politics. You could be in the grocery store standing in the lane to pay and you'd hear people talking about politics. You'd be in a restaurant and hear the other table next to you talking about politics. 
Now, maybe this has always been, but I feel because of social media, we can see it all and hear it all more. I began to see ugly people attacking each other, people spreading lies so that their candidate would win, character assassinations, name-calling, and agitation at a level that was palpable. I mean, faces turning red, people screaming, spit coming out of their mouth, eyes bulging. It was palpable, the anger that would come that you would see with these people having these conversations. But why? What happened? My perspective is that a voter started to merge with their candidate. The candidate was them, who they are. So if you insulted or badmouthed the candidate, you were insulting the voter personally. They truly felt hurt and offended based on who they aligned themselves with. It became so personal and still is. This has led to relationship destructions and volatility among friends and family. What I witnessed on social media was just gross, to be honest. The name calling, the venomous comments, and people even threatening each other. It was like watching a daily brawl on social media. It kind of like drew you in at first, like you're watching a soap opera, but yet you couldn't believe what you were reading and seeing. Oh, and let's not forget the news channels. Well, that's another contributor. I observed that people obsessively watched the news channels that supported their views and candidates. I mean, obsessively. Tunnel vision. I observed people's lack of impulse control at protests and group conversations that I have observed on Facebook and Instagram posts that it might have been a nice article about somebody's candidate who they really believed in and the comments that would be put on their posts were venom, nasty words and insults towards someone who is their friend or family. I honestly truly could go on and on about the things that I've seen, witnessed, heard, and read. But the most disturbing is that politics used to be scare sacred in this country. But all I see is ugly fighting and a denigration of our politics and government. It's really sad, to be honest, especially from someone like me who's always been political and has followed politics since a young age. So the only power we have at this point is how we respond and act. I feel emotional fatigue just thinking about it, all of the rhetoric. So where do you see your personal role in this? Think about it. Where do you see your personal role in this? Are you happy with your communication styles with others? Have you lost relationships with friends or family over politics? Do you block or unfriend people from your social media because they don't agree with your views? I know for myself, I needed to change the way I handled my communication style with politics. 
I always like to throw in quotes or comments that I get on my Instagram from my followers. So here's one quote about elections and politics. There is a first time for everything and always time to grow as an individual. Glad to be on the right side of history. JC. I think that's really nice because he's trying to grow. We see the world change and that growth makes you understand how others view things, how you view things, and try to find and meet somewhere in the middle. Thank you, JC, for your comments. So let me tell you my process. I have gone through in the past four years, and then I will give you skills on how you can work on your communication style. Last election, 2016, I just couldn't see how the other side could vote for their candidate. I mean, I truly couldn't see it. That was it. You made no sense to me, and I thought you were wrong, period. I constantly posted on social media about the candidates I would be supporting, locally and nationally. I would post negative articles about the other candidate, thinking somehow my opinion would change yours. For me, it was plain to see. But what I missed, but learned, was that it was plain to see on the other side also. I guess the most shocking was when I was, con when I was attacked personally. I was told I should die and go to jail for my opinions. I honestly wasn't hurt. I became scared. The vitriol towards me was scary. Then the election was over. The results are the results. After the election, I still posted my opinions and continued to see the negative responses. The hardest part for me was my relationship with my dad. Remember how I talked in the beginning, how I was raised, that politics was in my DNA because of my dad? Well, now I found my dad and I on opposite sides of the political spectrum. We always used to talk about politics and our views. It was like our thing. My brother wasn't into it. My mom wasn't into it. It was our thing. Unfortunately, those discussions turned into arguments and agitation between us. I will even go out on a limb and say, our relationship almost ended. So I felt that I needed to change because I wasn't sure that my dad would change. So I saw the only way to save our relationship is if I changed. At first, it started with me not taking the bait. What does that mean, not taking the bait? Well, taking the bait is when the other person makes a political comment or opinion and you respond. Not just about the presidency or the governor race, anything political, and you respond. Which means you took their bait to start a political discussion that turns bad. They put those comments out to drag you in, like a fishing line. You have the bait on the line, and the fish takes it. And that's what they're doing with you. So when my dad and I would be together, and the positive, passive comments, the passive-aggressive comments, I should say, would come out, I ignored it, changed the subject, or just kind of stayed quiet kind of turn my body away from the discussion is what I would physically do. He even made comments about the news station I watched, which bothered me. 
I would take the bait and the heated argument would begin. It got so bad that, the, that my dad and I used to speak daily and we stopped. And I just left it at that. I never thought we could find common ground. Then a friend said to me something that changed me. Both of her parents had passed away. She said, trust me, our parents are not here forever. Politics are always changing and it's not worth ending a relationship. So I had a talk with my dad. Told him we must not talk politics. We must not comment or make little statements that would provoke each other. Don't get me wrong. It's a work in progress. It took a couple of years. Now we are upon another election. We still are not voting for the same people, but our relationship is great. No politics. We talk almost daily and we have fun together again. We even were excited for each other when we each went to the polls to vote. Now, have you lost relationships due to politics? Do you yearn to have them back in your life? If so, maybe it's time to reach out. Come to an agreement. We agree to disagree and no conversations on politics. If the relationship is important enough, then find the strength and reach out. Like my friend told me, life is short. And I know it's hard to reach out to somebody that you've had an argument with and you may feel they're wrong and why are you reaching out? But somebody has to make the first step. And if the relationship is important enough to you, then put your pride aside and reach out. If they don't reciprocate, then you at least know that you tried to mend the relationship. But it does take two. I, will th I think that you'll start to see a domino effect in your communication skills. I have a friend who is my oldest and dearest. And somehow, about five months ago, politics came up on the phone. I honestly, I'm not really even sure how. I try to think back how it even happened, but I really don't know. In fact, she is the friend I was in college with standing on the sidewalk promoting our candidate. So our politics go back far together. But she changed her views, like we all evolve. But she was evolving in a different direction than me. So we're talking, and I feel myself getting frustrated and agitated. So I stopped my thought process. I said to myself internally, okay, you allowed the conversation of politics to continue. So listen to her, respect her, and state your opinion calmly. My internal voice was on overload, working really hard, but it worked. She even said to me, it is so refreshing talking with someone who has opposing views calmly and intellectually. We hung the phone up and all is good to this day. Now I won't lie because I have to be honest. Some of her opinions I still don't understand, but I respect her. So I respect her opinions. So it worked. The internal voice worked and I was able to have an intellectual, not argument conversation. It ended well, even though we were talking politics. Now, if you try this and the other person does not respond in, respond in kind, then maybe the relationship is not worth maintaining. 
And that's a decision you'll have to make. If it's toxic, then you need to move on. Because if someone doesn't respect you, then how can you respect them? And how can you let the relationship continue? So we have talked about not taking politics into personal relations, using your internal voice to maintain neutral conversations. Now let's move to social media. Ugh, social media. Don't get me wrong, it's like my best friend and my enemy, I would say. Um, Social media is fun. I mean, posting pictures of your family and your friends. And for me, you know, my kids are growing up and my fun, adventurous family vacations and wishing happy birthday to my friends. I love it because Facebook just reminds me of their birthdays and I don't have to remember and their anniversaries. And for me, social media has become part of my business for my podcasts and my blogs. But social media can be detrimental. It gives a people a way to be mean, angry. It is easy to do on social media because they can say negative things without having to face a person. So in turn, it makes it easier for people to lash out at others. So how do you deal with this? If you are a podcast listener, then the odds are you do use your social media. How do you avoid being attacked verbally? Or how do you not let it affect you emotionally? Not take it personal. There are a few ways that I have found that can help you with your social media. Let's start with the most drastic. Unfriend or block someone. Let me first say you can give yourself permission to do this. It's not mean or unhealthy. I will be the first to admit I have unfriended people. I have who I find are so far from my beliefs that I feel my anger and anxiety rise when I read their posts. I actually feel empowered when I unfriend them or block them because I'm taking control of who I'm exposing myself to on a daily basis. I mean, isn't that a, what we're all trying to figure out? How to control our world so that it works the best for us? so that we can be emotionally stable and that we can move forward in a healthy way. So by controlling your social media and who you see and read, it's a healthy step forward. So just because you unfriend them doesn't mean that when you see them in a social setting, and it's happened to me, that you have to run the other way. If they ask you why did you unfriend me or block me, you need to be honest. If they can't move on from there, then it's on them. It's totally on them. Don't you hold on to that. So next point. I recently saw a, friend, a post from a friend who had been posting political articles. Really nice, beautiful lady who usually is always posting her kids and her travels and such. But her articles that she was posting were favoring one side. She got some really nasty feedback. So then she posed a question on Facebook that said, why are people responding this way if I'm just posting an article? It, she's basically saying, it's not my opinion, I'm posting an article. So I felt the need to explain to her from my experience, any post you put out there that is political opens you up for criticism because you posted it. So it may just be an article, but by you posting it, 
you're supporting it. If you feel you need to post, then you have to be open to the negative comments. This is why I have stopped posting about my political party, because I didn't want to hear it anymore. And me posting my political views isn't going to change someone else's view. You need to realize that. If you feel that you need to post to get your emotions and feelings out, but that's not going to change you, your neighbors, your best friend, if they're on the opposite side, you making those posts is really just for you. It's not changing anybody else's opinion. So what's the point? If I'm going to have to deal with these attacks and the nastiness, I just stopped posting any political posts. But here's the great thing. I found something out. I don't have to let others stifle my communication about politics. I found groups on Facebook and ones that I follow on Instagram that think along my lines. I can let my feelings out and even talk about the other party if I want. It has been amazing for me. What's even more fascinating about it is there are millions of people out there like me who also have turned to these private groups where they can, can communicate their feelings. So I found an alternate way because I am so political. And if you are so political, but don't want to be beat up or heard the nasty things or create an argument between a friend or family member, find some of these private groups with like-minded people. And then you get to communicate. You don't have to stuff it. You can express yourself, but with people who will agree with you. So that find one or 10 groups. I think I'm on about five. And have at it. So how do we deal with the emotional fatigue for the next week? We have one week left, guys, until the election. And even after that, here's one good example and suggestion. Watch less news. I used to tell my patients this when I would do my therapy groups, but they were dealing with depression and severe anxiety and loss, and the news can always be so depressing. So I would say, don't watch the news. Watch something that's going to bring you up. Well, it's kind of the same with the politics. If you obsessively watch the news, it's going to rev you up. Honestly, all they keep doing anyways is airing speeches that repeat themselves and talk about the polls, and nobody should be listening to the polls anyways. So watching it can only cause you more anxiety and agitation. So if you feel like me and you need to watch the news, because I really was brought up to watch the news, and I will say it's a slight addiction, then limit your time. Get the needed info and turn it off. Go about your daily routines. Maybe throw in a fun diversion. The recreational therapist in me will say, as the election gets closer, find some fun diver diversions. Take a walk on the beach. Start a new book. Binge watch a new show. We all love doing that. Go to your Netflix or your Amazon Prime or your Hulu or whatever you're using and binge watch a show. Go to your favorite candle store and enjoy all those uplifting smells. Hop on your bike and take a new route. Don't wait to vote because that creates the anxiety that you still have to vote and you still have to deal with it. So make a plan and take the weight off your shoulders 
Join some video chats and just lighten up, people. Lighten up. Don't let it affect you and take over your life. Because what will be will be and fate will decide. Your only power is to vote and the rest is out of our hands. Don't let the weight of this election consume you. Do your civic duty, move on, and somebody will be nominated. We all have to take part in how our country handles and responds to our elections. This is the good U.S. of A. This is why we are so special. I would like to end this podcast with a comment that was left on my Instagram. I posed the question, how is elect election fatigue affecting you? And I'd like to read you her comment if you would give me a few minutes. Thank you. And here is ADRI Klein. I love this. Great question. As an independent voter, I've always followed my heart in the politics that speak the loudest to me. But four years ago, when people were being so brutal and losing friends over difference of opinions and how biased in both sides people were, was a huge eye-opener. I used to get up and go to bed watching CNN, sometimes Fox, just to see the opposite views. And feeding my brain with news, and because of the last election, I broke free of all of that anxiety and anger that some people's behaviors brought up in me. I don't watch news, just do my own research, and don't fight for anyone. I care about some politics, but not to define my life by it. Thank God I understood that I only have a certain given time to be here, and I'm going to live it being proactive about issues. I'm passionate about do my part and move on without wasting my beautiful energy in anger or hate. I'm moved by love and never will wish bad karma on anyone regardless of my differences. I would love everyone equal, equally unless, quote, serial killer or evil person, forgive me, God, I can't love them. We all need each other and you never know when that someone that has opposing views will be the one who saves you or helps you and your family in times of need. Love, peace, and calmness keeps our health and immune system up. And it says, hashtags, are the elections over yet? Thank you again, ADRI Klein, in her own words. Thank you so much for your comments and your perspective. It's very enlightening. Did you see the growth that she showed you in her words from the last election to now? She's taking control and not letting other, others' opinions sway her, move her, anger her, or affect her relationships. The most poignant part that she said was, you, even though people have opposing views, you never know when you're going to need that person in your life. And to let something like politics put a wedge in between you, when life is so short, it's just not worth it. So thank you again for your comments. Thank you for following me on Instagram and my Facebook and for listening to my podcast. Positive thoughts and positive energy. Okay, guys, I want to encourage you to go out and explore all the wide open spaces in your world. Thank you so much for joining me today. 
Remember, my website is www.wideopenspaceswithelise.com. Episode 26. Ciao, everybody.